All right, so it's actually at 8 p.m. Uh, welcome everyone, welcome Ozzy. Um, uh, so good to have everyone with us. This is uh, Drisha's full program and the last session in um, Prosbol et Almuchiur with Rabanit Lasarna. Uh, Rabanit Lasarna is the Associate Director of Education and Director of High School Programs at Drisha. She previously served as Director of Religious Engagement at Anche Shalom Israel Congregation in Chicago a leading uh, urban Orthodox congregation. Um, if you're with us here on Zoom, we encourage you to uh, turn on your video so we can see you and feel like we are together in a traditional classroom setting. Uh, also, please feel free to ask questions um, uh, by commenting, uh, writing a comment in the chat box here on Zoom, or as a comment if you're watching us live on Facebook. Uh, hi to you as well. And um, just wanted to say a word about a, a new class that we have uh, starting uh, this Wednesday, um, a, uh, a Sabbath, Sabbath of, uh, <laughs> my Israeli self wants to say Shabbat, <laughs> uh, a Sabbath of the land of, for you, uh, Shemitah, Ethics, and Jewish Philosophy with Ranana Dain and Sarah Zager. It's uh, this Wednesday at 8 p.m. And this is going to be the first class of the session. So uh, we hope to see you there. And uh, with that, I'll turn this uh, to you, Rabanit Sarna. All right, um, thanks so much for joining everyone. As always, I am um, not gonna share my screen. So Evie, if you could please put the handout into the chat. And then also people are invited. If you have a, a Gemara Masachet Gitin, this brick of a Gemara, you can, uh, you can open that up yourself also. Um, so this is our last session which is crazy, and, and to me a little bit sad. Oh, hi, Adira, good to see you again. Um, and, um, but we will have kind of, by the end of today, please God, fulfilled our goal of like doing the main hunk of Gemara that exists about Prisbal. Um, So we're gonna finish up to the Mishnah on Lamedzai and Ovet. We have two topics to cover today, and they're great, and they were kind of like the perfect way to wrap up our study of principle. Um, so just to remind you kind of how we started, um, one of the main questions that to me was like always on my mind is like, what does the Gemara think of principle, right? So when we started out, the Gemara was sort of like, how is principle allowed? Is it principle, is principle prohibited? And if it's not prohibited because Shemitah like maybe doesn't exist anymore, then maybe principle, then maybe like Shemitah then, or like a rabbinic practice of Shemitah is then theft. Like, just like, it seems like the stakes are high. Like either principle is like annihilating a mitzvah in the Torah, or like if that mitzvah doesn't exist, then like the rabbis by creating like a rabbinic Shemitah are basically stealing from lenders. So those are these kinds of like two really sort of weighty questions that have been hanging out in the background this entire time. And, um, Today, we're going to get to two questions that really, I think, kind of like round out the discussion. So first, we're going to talk about a person who tries to return his loan after Shemitah and like, what is the status, right? So and just our example that we've had this entire time, I loaned Evie a million dollars. Um, so it's Shemitah. I did not, the case that we're going to start with is, uh, and we'll, we'll start with it in the Mishnah in a moment. Um, so if you have your hands out, source number one, I numbered my sources this time, you're welcome. Um, and, um, it, um, but if you don't have, if you don't want to look in the handout, so we're in Mishnayot Shvi'it chapter 10. Um, 
And the case is, um, I did not write a proposal. My loan was just going to be released in the Shemitah year. And then Evie comes around after the Shemitah year and says, hey, Leah, um, I have your million dollars for you. So like, what happens then? So that's where we're starting. It's sort of like, well, what if, so like, I have to observe Shemitah, but what if like Evie doesn't care? <laughs> um, like, does that matter? Um, and then, and like, what's that? And I think what's really interesting here is like, what is the extent of my responsibility vis-a-vis -vis me as the loan, as the lender? What's the extent of like my Shemitah responsibility? So that's part one. And then part two is going to be a question and the, the halakha gets really fascinating there. Um, someone who says, me, let's say, I say, I wrote a proposal and I lost it, but I still want to go after Evie to collect my loan. So is that believable? Um, and, that's, and that's where we're going to end. And I think what's so fascinating about that is that um, there's like entire masachot about like, the person who wrote a loan and didn't, um, and there's no documentation of the loan, or the person who wrote, um, or, or, or someone who like, I don't know, like someone who has a claim against someone else and is trying to take their money away. And like, usually if like, you don't have the documentation and Evie has the money, then like, you can't go after Evie for money or like, I need to bring evidence basically, right? Cause we have the, the foundational concept of Hamoti Mikhaver Olamaraya. So someone who's trying to take something away from someone who, who has it, the burden of proof is on me. Um, Cause I'm trying to take money away from Evie in this circumstance and I don't have evidence of my, I don't have my principle with me. I don't have evidence of my principle. So, um, so we're gonna see that situation again. And I think that situation asks all the questions we've been asking of like, did people really write principles? Like how, like, like how, uh, anyways, all, all, all the questions of like, how serious is principle altogether? How worried are we about it? How serious are we, how seriously are we taking Shemitah Ksefin? Um, so all like that question of like, how seriously are we taking Shemitah Ksefin? I think is really like the final question um, of today. Um, and I think we're gonna see it play out in, um, in a few different scenarios in ways that I think are interesting and exciting. So with all that by way of introduction, let us jump on in to, um, to the Mishnah. Um, which is where where the Gemara is going to start, but it's nice to it's nice to kind of see it inside. So here are the last two Mishnayot of all of Masachet should be eat all of the entire the last two Mishnayot of the Masachet that deals with Shemitah. So Hamachzir Chov B'Shvit Yomarlo Mishamitani. Um, so one who returns his debt, it says on during the seventh year. Um, so what's confusing about that and where like Mishnah scholars go with it is like, we know that debts aren't released until the very end, right? That was our situation. We saw in the Mishnah last week of like the person who um, makes a loan, like Arab Rosh Hashanah, we had, I forget who was our butcher, maybe it was like Adira or Tracy was the butcher, and, um, and, um, and the butcher like gave out pieces of a cow for people to eat on Rosh Hashanah, and then the question was like, if the, if the, if, if Elul gets an extra day, like when the, when the, how the, the month falls out determines whether they can collect it or not, because if it's still the Shemitah year, then you can collect it, but if it's the year after the Shemitah year, then, then the butcher can't collect it um, anymore. So that's the, um, 
so we know that that, that Shemitah Ksafim, it's not like an entire year, Shemitah Ksafim. Shemitah Ksafim happens in a moment at the end of the day on the last day of the year. That's when it is all effectuated. So um, all the commentators here say, and in your English translation, you have after, right? Amach Zirchov, parentheses, after Shemit. Um, so, so Evie comes to me with my million dollars after the Shemitah year has elapsed. And um, I'm supposed to say to Evie, no, um, I remit it. Yomerlo Evie can then say, Amarlo If Evie says, nevertheless, I'm going to repay it, then Then I'm actually allowed to take it. So I say, I remit it. Evie says, that's fine. Here it is. I'm actually allowed to receive it back from Evie. Shana'amar, the Zedivar As it says, this is the davar, uh, this is the, the word, and we're going to take word really literally. So jump down now to source two, the Bartanura. He's going to spell this out. Which is to say, mere speech, that, that comes out of my mouth, it, right, it comes out of my mouth that I am remitting, that is sufficient. I just have to say the magic words. I remit, and that is sufficient for me to have fulfilled the Zedvar HaShemitah. These are the words of Shemitah. That's the Midrash Halacha here. Um, um, and the first time I say, I remit, that is sufficient. The answer is, and I don't have to say it a second time. I can say, I remit one time, and Evie says, I don't care. And then I can just take it. I like did the thing by saying I remit it one time, um, right? So that's also like already we've really like done a shrinking here of what are my what is my obligation? Because what if Evie maybe Evie didn't know about Shemitah or she didn't know it was a Shemitah or she didn't know when the loan was actually remitted and she was like already to repay me back? You could easily say. No, like it's not in the spirit of Shemitah, Leah, you're not allowed to take it. Tell Evie, she has to go give your million dollars to Tzedakah. Like you could totally imagine that being in the spirit of the Torah, telling lenders that they have to remit. Like that's not, that's not a crazy idea. So Ozzy says, can he accept the payback during the seventh year? Yes, because the remission of loans happens at like the minute before sunset, uh, the end of the Shemitah year. It's a, it's a, it's a, the, so the whole Shemitah year, not only can I accept the payment, I can go after Evie and say, you have to pay me back this whole year. Every day I can knock on Evie's door and say, please give me my million dollars back. But then the minute it's Rosh Hashanah of the next year, the minute it's Aleph Tishrei of the year after Shemitah, I can no longer knock on Evie's door. That would be a violation of Louis Um. However, if Evie didn't know that times have changed, then she comes to me on Gimel Tishrei and says, finally, I have your million dollars. You might say, no, 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 Leah, you're not allowed to receive the money from Evie because the time has passed and it's important to remit loans. And that's the value of Shemitah, right? That, that would be like a totally reasonable read of the Torah. <laughs> and instead, the Mishnah says, I just have to say one time, Oh, Evie, just FYI, you technically don't have to pay me back. 
And Evie can say, no, but I worked really hard to get this million dollar shoe. And I can say, thanks Evie. <laughs> um, and now um, I can collect my million dollars from Evie. Okay, right? Um, um, yeah, okay. That's basically, that's what the Bartonura just explains how the Midrash Halakha here works. Okay, so back into source one. Um, so similarly, so a, um, an accidental killer who has been exiled to a city of refuge and the people there want to honor him, he has to tell them, he has to say, no, I'm, I'm a murderer, don't honor me. But if they say, nevertheless, then then he can receive the honor from them. So it's the same. It's actually kind of a clever thing happening here. And what they're learning out is that in both cases, you have an obligation to kind of make a disclosure. But how often do you have to make your disclosure? But what do you guys think about this parallelism, right? Like you can understand the simple way to say it is it's just a literary parallel. Do you guys think there's anything deeper to it in the comparison between the accidental murderer and the, the lender? I can keep going, you can put it in the chat. Okay, not paying back is like murder, right? But then you would actually be comparing the borrower to the murderer. And here you're comparing the lender to the murderer, which I think is very funny. Maybe it's like extortion. Who is extorting from whom? The lender is extorting the the borrower like by forcing him to pay back even though you're saying oh you don't have to pay me back but like really he is paying you back it's kind of like a like an oxymoron type of thing right i think that's a great read that's that's what i was hoping someone would say that on the one hand we're saying yes like you just have to make this like one little like tip your hat and then you're allowed the murderer is allowed to accept honors and the lender is allowed to accept his repayment and on the other hand, so, okay, fine, that's like the, the halachic read, but there's a deeper read because the minute we're comparing the lender to an accidental murderer, that's a really serious comparison. And I think we're saying there's something a little bit bad happening here. There's something a little bit complicated happening here. And even though maybe even though he's allowed to do it, it's not good on him. But then here's where the mission goes next. Because what's really going to be complicated is that we just compared me to a murderer, but look what happens to Evie. So here's what happens to Evie. So Evie is the returner of the debt after the seventh year. The sages are pleased with them, right? So I'm me, the, the, like I did something wrong, but Evie did something great. Um, okay, that's complicated. We're not going to get lost in this. Um, if you borrow from a convert whose son's converted with him, the, de the debt doesn't need to be repaid to the sons. But, but if you do it, this like optional debt repayment to the sons, whatever, this is a whole complicated thing where like the sons are not considered the 
children of a father like technically even though like they really are like if you're if this is your situation and you're listening like that person's really your father it's just like a technical thing okay we can talk about it another time feel free to get in touch i'm like very anxious that i even left this on the source sheet but i don't like censoring the mishnah but i know it could be triggering people okay um okay but if you return it that's really good all movable property is acquired only by the act of pulling it, drawing is the language they use here. But anyone who fulfills his word, meaning like if I tell Noah, um, um, thank you so much for your laptop, I'll pay you $2,000 for it. But really I've acquired your laptop just by carrying it with me. Um, so technically it's mine now, but really I have to pay you. But then when I, when I, when I live out my side, my half of the bargain and I pay you your $2,000, that's the sages are pleased. So, right. So this is all people doing things that on a technical level are optional, but are like really good things to do. And like the comparison to that last one, like that's how business works, you know, like business turns on me like paying Noah for her laptop when she sells it to me instead of me just like picking it up and walking away with it, which technically is a kinyan. Um, and, and the reason for that is discussed in Bavatra and Parakad Zahav. There's like a lot of uncertainty around currency and, and whatever. All, it's, it's actually like quite a complicated um, piece of Jewish law, whatever, okay? Um, but all of business is dependent on me actually paying Noah when I tell her I'm going to. And that has the same status as Evie coming to repay my loan after Shmita, right? So like there's a certain sense in which like the whole economy sort of like depends on Evie coming to repay me even after Shmita. And yet for like accepting it, I'm like, the accidental murderer. <laughs> um, and so it seems like Evie's doing the right thing. And for Evie, it's really straightforward. But for me, I'm stuck in this kind of like very uncomfortable sort of bind where I, in order to enable Evie to come maybe repay me, I have to like accept this money and it, it's kind of uncomfortable. Okay, so that's like the Mishnah's read of the situation. So now let's turn to the Gemara. Um, okay, so again, you could be on the sheets in source three. Or you could be at the very bottom of the page, Lamed Zayin, Ahmed Aleph, in the Gemara. Um, okay, Snan Hatam, and now you're gonna turn the page to the Gemara. It's taught over there in Masach Shvit, which we literally just read one second ago. Um, someone who returns a loan to their fellow during the sabbatical year, the lender needs to say, um, I remit this loan. But if Evie says back to me, nevertheless, then then I should receive it from her. It says this is the Devar Hashmita, and I did the speaking part of Devar Hashmita, and so now I'm allowed to take it from her, which we already spoke at length about how kind of strange and confusing that is. Okay. Amar Raba. Okay, this is a very strange sentence. So Rabbah says, you can 
hang it. You can like litlot means to hang. Um, so, and we'll, we'll look in a second. We're gonna see the Meiri offers like many options about what this language means. So if you're confused by it, that's good. Um, so you can hang it until he, he um, says, right? It seems like all of a sudden I, I can like try and convince Evie in some way to say, nevertheless, and um, nevertheless, and um, and then I can I can receive it. Um, we're gonna look in a second at the Rashi on the Talule, and then we're gonna look at the Meiri. But I want us to keep reading for just a little bit. So a today, um, Abaye. So Abaye raises a question. Shehuno Tanlo. Um, second, let me just make sure. Uh, oh yeah. So we're at the top of the second page of the source sheet. Um, okay, so we have a brighta here um, that says, um, So the brighta says, and it, right, the question always with this brighta is like, what's actually the problem being raised by the brighta? So does the problem, it, it seems like when Abai is saying this, he's bringing it to say, no, you can't do this like the Talilei Adam Arhachi. Like you can't, you can't do this like, um, like hanging it until he says, ah, um, but, that, but like, how do you read the Breitah to actually say that? Because here's what the Breitah says. Um, when, when he gives it to him, so when Evie gives the, the, the loan back to me, because of what I owe you, I'm giving this to you. Rather, Evie should say, these are mine. I'm giving them to you as a gift. And um, Rava doesn't like accept that. Um, Rava just doesn't accept, like, seems like Rava doesn't like accept the, um, the criticism and just says, okay, you want, you want Evie to say, um, it's mine as a gift, like, wait until you'll say this, right? So it seems like the Etevei is really bringing a Brighta that contradicts the Mishnah, and then Rabba's statements are kind of like, um, right, because the Mishnah says you have to wait until it says, and the Brighta says you have to wait until a person says, these are mine, and I'm giving them to you as a gift, um, and so it sort of seems like the statements of Rava are like, not really having to do with what's the core conflict here. And Rabba just kind of sidesteps it and says, okay, like whatever you think the language is supposed to be, talilay until the guy says it. Okay, fine. So now let's look at the Rashi on the talilay. Um, here's the Rashi, the talilay. So um, like if Evie wanted to like go back, uh, right? Cause Evie comes to me and says, like, here's your million dollars. And I said to Evie, I remit. So now, <laughs> um, now Evie could just walk away, right? And Rashi, but Rashi interprets Rava as saying, Vitalile means if Evie wanted to go back on it and not like offer the money to me again, I would hang Evie on a tree. Um, if I was strong enough, like if I was stronger than Evie, until Evie would say to me, nevertheless. Uh, right? So it seems like Rava's really saying, yeah, not only, okay, we thought it was like such a 
like a weakening of Shemitah to even allow me to receive it after, um, after Evie says, and now Rashi's interpreting Rabba to say, I can basically threaten Evie until Evie says, uh, which is like a really kind of intense read. Um, okay, let's turn now to the oh, meteorite. I have a question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is this with a prisbal or without a prisbal? Oh, without a prisbal. With a prisbal, I would just, I, I don't need any of this. I could just go to court and be like, hey, court, EB owes me money. It's due. Please collect it from EB. Um, so this is without a prisbal. So this so without is a prisbal. But what about the Shemitah Ksafim? Like, you don't owe the person money. And now they're like, oh, you do have to pay me back. I'll hang you on a tree. Yeah. So I said, I remit, and now I hang her on a tree until she says, nevertheless. Adira, you're really nailing the problem here. <laughs> yeah, maybe he is like an accidental murderer. I mean, like, what's going on? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, yep, yep. There's something really, really nuts going on here. Okay, so here's the Vieri. It's a little bit long. We'll try and we'll try and move through it a little bit quickly, but I really want you to see it because the Vieri is just like really goes all in on this. He's gonna lay out like what he thinks I'm allowed to do when, uh, right? So the case, again, the case is I let Evie a million dollars. I did not write a prosbol. The Shemitah year has elapsed. The loan has been remitted. Evie comes to me and says, here's your million dollars. I said to Evie, Misha Matet Ani, like I remit the loan. But what I really want is for Evie to say, Afal Pichin. What am I allowed to do to get Evie to say Avopich? That's our question. That's the question that the area is talking about here. Okay. Um, okay, so Mayata. We're in source seven, source number seven. Right? So he says that we talked about this already. Um, we don't have to say that someone whose loan is returned to them during the Shemitah year should receive it. Right, Ozzy, this was your question from before, because I'm even allowed to go and claim it. Even on the 29th, the very last day of Elul, I'm allowed to go claim it. I'm allowed to go collect. I'm allowed to go force Evie to repay the loan to me. And even on that day, I could still write a prisbol for myself um, that would enable me to continue to try and collect this loan from Evie. So when it says here, when the Mishnah says um, it's the, someone trying to return a loan during the Shemitah year, what they mean is once the Shemitah year has passed. The Kvar, Amru, right? Okay, this is still, um, I'm just trying to see where we should pick up here because we've talked about a lot of this. Okay. All right, we're going to pick up um, in the middle of the fourth line. Okay. Middle of the fourth line down. I am, so if Evie did not say I, the, the, the lender, am allowed to hold Evie up with words. I'm allowed to, to, to put him as if she's put her as if she's hung up. Uh, so he he says not Rashi says it's almost like literal, like as if I'm gonna hang you on a tree. And um, and the Miri says, no, uh, I'm just gonna like hold her up. 
I'm just, I'm holding her up. So that she won't leave with the money. I'll surround her with words. How I lent her money because I loved her so much. But because it's a mitzvah, I remitted the loan. But the mitzvah of remission is only on the lender. But the borrower is still allowed to pay me back. In your tab, of course, if you want it. Oh, and I was just letting you know that I, I'm not allowed to kind of come after you for it. Uh, until um, until you, Evie, say to me, nevertheless, because really I'm not allowed to collect it. But I really um, do, you know, like I, I, I do, you know, um, if you did want to pay me back, and you could say to me, I'm not giving it to you out of obligation. Rather, you're giving it to me as a gift. And, and you know, if you were to do that to me, Evie, that would be so nice. And I would actually, I would accept it immediately. So, right, so he's imagining, what is Vitalia? Vitalia is, Evie comes to repay my loan. I say, I remit. Evie turns around to start leaving, and I give Evie a halacha shir <laughs> by way of holding Evie up in her tracks. And through my halacha shir, she might come to realize that she just needs to say the magic words of and then all of a sudden, I would be allowed to take back the money that she owes me, and I really wouldn't mind to take back the money that you owe me as a gift, of course. <laughs> and okay. So that is how the Meiri thinks your um, thinks Vitalia works. But then he says, um, and he says that you know many great rabbis. We just saw this in Rashi. He says that if Evie doesn't say I'm allowed to literally like use force against her. Um, I don't, I don't know what this next word is. I have to be honest with you. I tried to look it up. I tried to like imagine like manuscript variances. I thought maybe one of the pages should be a cough and then it would mean to force. Um, anyways, whatever. So if you have a great idea about what Lamed Pepe Yud means, I really would love to hear it. Um, Okay, so Michel and Taliway, something like that. The Ain Hadrim near Ain, right? And he says, I really don't agree with Rashi. Um, and then he brings a third, a third idea, which I, I think is really fun. Right. So I say to Evie, I remit the toilet enav bakis, but then I just stare longingly at Evie's money bag. <laughs> and until Evie would like realize that I really do want the money, and until um, it would be like embarrassing for Evie that I don't have the money. I, I think maybe you could read that the embarrassment is either way. Like I've embarrassed myself by like staring so longingly at Evie's money or like Evie is embarrassed that she like didn't get the memo that really she's supposed to still give it to me. Like, I, I don't, I don't know exactly. I definitely know like um, I have an aunt who's like very, um, 
she's lovely and wonderful but uh, the stories about her from her childhood that her mom always used to tell was that like she was a very cute child and she at the grocery store she would just like stare at the things other people were buying until they would just like give them to her <laughs> um, and um that's what I'm kind of like imagining as as this this situation um and they sort of like just like puppy eyes until Evie would be like, awful Ethan, I'm giving this to you. Um, and, um, okay, uh, I think we're gonna stop there. But um, anyway, so, right, so this is like, Tullyway, there's a three-way interpretive debate about like what, to what extent you're allowed to do it. But Adira from the very beginning kind of like pointed out exactly what's so strange and confusing about this, which is like, aren't I supposed to remit loans? <laughs> and now all of a sudden, not only if like Evie comes and says, nevertheless, then I can receive it, but I'm even like allowed to pressure Evie, maybe through force, maybe through a halacha shir, maybe through, um, maybe through puppy dog eyes, whatever it is, whatever the case is, I'm allowed to like strongly encourage Evie to say off of you. Okay, let's keep going to the Gemara because now we're going to get to a little story. Um, and it's kind of a weird story because you would have thought that the characters involved would have just written themselves in first of all, but they did it. Um, and that is very curious because we have pretty late, we have people writing principles, right? And we, we kind of looked into this together, this whole question of like, can we still write principles today? Who's powerful enough to write a principle? Um, what kind of big do you need to write a principle? And we saw that it's only a minority opinion that says um, that we can't write principles anymore. And that really, it seemed like we had rabbis in the Talmud until really late who were still writing principles to each other. Um, and that it really seems like everyone, everyone can write a principle. Um, so why did that not happen here? So here's the story. Um, okay, Abba Bar Martha, Dehu Abba Bar Manyumi. So Abba Bar Martha, we're back in the Gemara, I should say. If you're in the handout, we are on page two. It's that like big paragraph there in the Hebrew. Um, and if you are in the Gemara, we are one, two, three, four, five, six. We're on the end of the seventh line. The word is Abba at the end of the line. Um, and that's the, that's the beginning of the story. So Abba Bar Martha, Dehu Abba Barman Yumi. So Abba Bar Martha is the same person as Abba Barman Yumi. Hava Masik Be Rava Zuze. So um, Rashi, it's unclear here who's the who's the loan, who's the lender and who's the borrower, but Rashi explains that Rabba, Rabba Hayahamalda. So Rabba is Rabba lent a whole bunch of money to Abba Barman Yumi. And um and um, okay, fine. So Rabba and all his money. I tinu So the Abba Barmanyumi brought the money back to Rabba in the seventh year, i.e., after the seventh year. Amalai Misha Meitani. Rabba says to him, I have um, I remit my loan, Misha Meitani. Shaklinu Vaziel. And then Abba Barmarza didn't do the thing. <laughs> he took his money and he left, which was very sad for Rabba. So Ata Abaye Ashkechei 
So Abaya comes along and he sees his teacher, Rabba, and his teacher, Rabba, is very sad. Um, he says to him, why is my master so sad? Rabba says to Abaya, um, so here's what, here's what happened. Um, um, and then, right, so he tells him, he tells him the whole thing that happened. And then, so then Abaye went to go make a, pay a visit to Abba Bar Marta. So Abaye goes to Abba Bar Marta, he says to him, did you bring the money to, to master? Did you bring the money to Rabba? Amarle in. And yeah, and so then Abba Brahmanyumi says, yes, that's what I did. Amarle, umai Amarle. Um, so Abai says, and what did Rabba say to you? Amarle, um, Abba says back to him, Nishamidani, Rabba said, you're a mitzvalon. Amarle, vamardafopichin. And he said to him, did you say back to him, nevertheless? Amarle, lo. He said to him, no. Amarle, vi amarle afopichin. But if you had said to him, nevertheless, he would have taken it to you. He would have taken it from you. Um, so now, Hashta, Niat, Amatinu, Niale, the Emale, Afabiche. So then Abaye says to Abba now you are going to pick up your bag of money, go back to Rabba, and you're going to say to him, Afabiche. You're going to say to him, nevertheless. So that's exactly what happened. Avar Marta picks up his money bag, goes to Rabba, says, and Rabba takes it to him. Okay, the story's not quite over, but like you get the picture of basically Rabba, by the way, is the same person who originally said Talile, um, right? He's, he's the same person who says, Whatever this thing is, however you're allowed to like hold up the person until they say Alpha Bihan, Rabba is the one who who uh, says who suggests that. And here you have it happening in his own life. Rabba made a loan. He didn't write a prisbal. He didn't collect it during the Shemitah year. A guy comes to him and says, Here's your money. He said he does what the Mishnah tells him to do and says, Mishamitani, expecting that the other guy knows what happens next in the Mishnah. Right, so you might say, oh, you're a rabbi lending to another rabbi. You're just going to assume that everyone knows that the Mishnah laid out a script for exactly this moment. And, right, so, like, you could say, Prisbal is not, like, like, I don't know, when I was thinking about this, and I was like, why didn't Rabba write a Prisbal? You might imagine that maybe Rabba is thinking to himself, Prisbal is only for people who don't know the Mishnah. But if you know the Mishnah, then the lender that I get to like I get to keep Shemitah I don't need this whole prisbal blah 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 right I get to keep Shemitah and I know I'm gonna get my loan back as a gift <laughs> um right so win for everyone I get to be so from and not be prisbal um but I, I'm because I'm lending to a rabbi and I know that he knows the Mishnah would have he's gonna read me and we're gonna follow the script laid out in the Mishnah and then lo the rabbi doesn't know the script and so then Rabba sends his student Hatchman <laughs> to go and teach the Mishnah to um, to the um, to the, the borrower.
Um, right. And so, and that's basically how, how this, um, how this ends. Um, and, and Rabba's conclusion about the story is, uh, this Torah scholar was not knowledgeable from the beginning, right? It reflected badly on Abba Bar Martin that he didn't know the Mishnah's script for this moment. Um, and so like, like, it seems to me like Rabba is taking away from this, not next time write a prose bowl, but next time only lend to people who actually know the Mishnah, <laughs> like only lend a real Talmud, <laughs> um, which just really seems like almost not the point. That seems like what Noah's face is telling me right now. <laughs> do you, you want to um, give words to that or are you good? <laughs> You're okay. Okay, Adira put into the chat, right, best of both worlds. I don't have to write this like sketchy principle thing and I got my loan back and I kept Shmita because I said Mishamitani and that is Devar Hashmita. Um, yeah, it's amazing, right? Okay. Um, okay, so that's, um, I think we're gonna, okay, yeah, we have to finish up this topic now, but what I wanted us to see is like, not only, right, if we started out in a place of like, how is principle even allowed? Now we're saying like in an ideal world where everyone knows the Mishnah, principle isn't even necessary because borrowers should get their money back anyways. <laughs> um, and, and right, and like if, if lenders are, if the, if, the, if the, sorry, lenders should get their money back anyways. If borrowers are learned, they will know that they need to repay no matter what, and you don't actually need to write a principle. And Rabba's takeaway, I think, is amazing. Because I would have thought, if I were Rabba, I would have said, oh, next time I lend to anyone, principle, definitely. And instead, Rabba's takeaway is like, next time I, next time I lend to someone, I'll make sure they know the Mishnah better. <laughs> Which is just like truly an, an incredible um, statement where you have like a certain amount of discomfort with principle on the one hand, but not out of a sense of like loans shouldn't be repaid, just out of a sense of like borrowers should know that they need to repay the loan no matter what the Torah says, <laughs> um, which is like a really incredible like move on behalf of the, on behalf of like the rabbinic interpretation, uh, but only if they can afford to repay, right? So that's, all right, we're getting a lot of energy about, about Ozzy's thing, right? So. So maybe what it is, and I think that, that that's a really, a really great point, is like how aggressive is this situation? There's something very gentle about a world um, in which this whole, this Mishnah only kind of gets activated once Evie comes to me with a bag full of change, right? Like a suitcase full of bills. Um, but until Evie shows up with her suitcase full of bills, I'm not allowed to come after her. And Ozzy is pointing out, I think very, very well, that that's actually maybe exactly how it's supposed to work. That in a world in which Evie took out a loan because like that was helpful to her business, but really she had the capital all along and she could have repaid it and it just made sense for her because like money now is more valuable than money later and blah, 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 whatever, fine. Um, that like Evie should still have to repay because she's wealthy. 
but the protections of Shmitak Safim are really not for the EVs of the world who are taking out a million dollar loan to open up the next chapter of her diamond business. Um, they're really, or her cactus garden, I forget what your what business you're in. Um, really, the really Shmitak Safim is for poor people. And the poor person is not going to show up with a suitcase full of change to repay their, their debt because they can't. And so what Shmita enables and what, what the Mishnah here enables is for me as a lender to still collect from borrowers who can repay and it encourages borrowers who can repay to still repay. But there's something a little bit gentle about actually just if, if the person never shows up, it's because they can't and we're just going to let that go. So I think that's exactly the right read, Ozzy. I was really hoping someone would see that. Um, and that is very good. Okay, we have to move on because the next thing is wild. Um, <laughs> um, okay, and it, it's, it's the last topic. So Amar, Rav, Yehuda. So we're still on page two of the source sheet. We are in the Gemara. Um, and if you are in the Gemara, then how do I tell you what we're near? Um, well, hopefully you've just been following and kept your finger in the place, I guess. Um, we're in right near where Rashi starts the new Mishnah in the Rashis. That's where we are in the Gemara. Okay. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav Nachman. So Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav Nachman. Ne'aman Adam Omar, Prozbo Hayabiyadiva Abadiman. So Rav Nachman says, a person, if a person comes and says, I wrote a Prozbo and I lost it, we believe that person. My time, my why? Kevan ditzkinu rabbanan prizbo lo shavik hetera ba'achil isura. So once you have a rabbinic institution of prizbo, nobody is gonna, the, the phrase is lo shavik hetera ba'achil isura. No, like you can imagine, imagine it in a world of like kosher meat and treif meat. Someone who's eating a kosher hot dog is not gonna like ditch their kosher hot dog to walk across the room to eat a treif hot dog. That's like, in, it's the imagination of the Gemara, that's how that works. Like if someone has such easy availability to the permiss to like the hetera, to the permissible, they're not gonna like ditch that in order to like proactively do the um the prohibited thing. So like it's just like the way the way Rav Nachman is saying it is like it's so easy to write a prosbol. And remember that Rav Nachman was like champion of the prosbol. Rav Nachman is the one who said, um, if I could write prosbol into the Torah, I would. <laughs> um, um, and and um, right, so he's like the big pro prosbol guy. Um, and he said like prosbol is so easy, it's so available. Of course, I would believe someone who said they did it because like they probably did. Because who wouldn't write a prosbol? Says Rav Nachman. Um, so they, they brought, uh, they came before Rav, Amarle, um, and, um, and they said to him, right, so a case, a case came before Rav, and the guy said, um, um, oh, sorry, a case came before Rav, and Rav said to the claimant, me they prosbol hayalach avad. Um, and Rob, so right, Rob, Rob like, um, Rob even suggested it, right? Because, so, so here, let me say this better. I haven't said it right yet. I take Evie to court because she has not yet repaid my million dollars. And here, the judge, Rob, in this case, the judge would say, um, Leah, did you, 
by any chance have a prisbol and lose it? Like he would suggest to me the situation, did you have a prisbol and lose it? Um, which normally you would never do because of course someone would say, oh yeah, totally I had a prisbol and I lost it. Um, Cause that would enable me to then collect my loan which obviously I want to do, right? So that's like a really intense thing to like be allowed to do that in court. Um, and, um, and Rob says he's allowed to do that. Could go in that like open, open up the mouth of the, of the mute. Um, like give me an opening to basically make this claim that I had a principal and I lost it. Um, okay. But now we have a problem because we have a Mishnah and Ketubu that basically says the exact opposite. Um, okay, so here's the Tanan. V'chein ba'chov shemoti shtarchov ve'eni mo prizbol ha're'ela lo yifru. So we have a Mishnah, and I don't think we're going to look at it inside, but I did bring it for you somewhere. It's source number nine. Um, the Mishnah says, a, um, a lender who has, I have the bill of the loan. I have the star from my original loan to Evie, but I don't have a prizbol along with it. The Michelin Ketubo says, I cannot collect my loan. So how, on the one hand, can we have this statement by Rav Nachman that says, yeah, I lost my principal and we always believe it, and Rav would even suggest it to people on the one hand. And then on the other hand, we have this literal Michelin Ketubo that says the opposite. So like, how do we deal with that? Also, because like, the Mishnah and Ketubo is like a Tanaitic source. It's a Mishnah. Rav Nachman is in Amora. Like, what is happening here? Rav, maybe, right? So Rav is interesting because Rav sometimes, Rav is the first generation of Amora. So Rav, we sometimes say, counts as a Tana and is allowed to debate um, with Tanaim. So, so, that's, um, so that's something just to keep in mind here. Um, and then, so... Um, and that's exactly, basically exactly what the Gemara is going to do. So the Gemara says, Tanahi, yeah, it's actually um, a debate. It's a Tanahitic debate about whether if someone doesn't have a prisbol, they can claim that they lost it. Um, the Tanya, because we have a bright that says, Hamoti shtarchuf tzarich sheyeha imo prisbol, v'chachamim omrim eno tzarich. So we have a bright that that basically takes the, the exact words, more or less, from the Mishnah in Ketubot, which say again, someone who whips out a star chuv, uh, a bill of a loan, must have a prosbol with him. But now this breita turns that opinion into a minority opinion. So that's like, let's say the Tanakama of the breita. Um, and now we're gonna, but then what happens is that becomes a minority opinion because Chachamim Omrim, Chachamim say, no, actually, um, he doesn't need to have a prosbol. Uh, okay. Whoa, crazy. Um, so um, there's a, a huge debate that takes place and we're going to read, I knew we were going to run out of time. So we're actually only going to read like a little summary of the debate in the, um, in the tour. So turn to um, the last page, turn to page five. We're going to read read the tour summary of the um, of the debate amongst Rishonim about whether we paskin like Rav Nachman or whether we paskin like the Mishnah and Ketubot. Um, and what's at stake here? Like, what's at stake is well, here maybe you guys say like, what what do you think is at stake in the conversation about whether someone can say I lost my principal?
if FLP chain is considered real or not, like, because if you don't have a prisbal, and then you say, like, uh, and then is that like accurate? Like, can that be, can that, does that hold water? Right. So, like, why do you, like, why do you even need to have a prisbal at all or a lost prisbal if, like, at the end of the day, you could have collected it anyways? But what, what this does allow you to do is to go to court. Right? So in that situation, I can't, and that's how we ended up that conversation, right? Like I can't go after Evie for the loan. And this is, as Evie shows up in my door, right? But here, I'm literally going to court. I have proof that I lent Evie a million dollars and no proof that I wrote a proposal. Is there hope for me? And the answer here is, is yes. And more than yes, right? So Rob says, um, Rob says the court, the, the, the judge could even say, Oh, Leia, did you by any chance lose your principal? And if you look at Tosfot on the page, I brought you Tosfot somewhere. Tosfot is source five. Rabinu Tom says, the Mihai Taima Neeman Shua. Wait, so the judge says to me, Leia, did you by any chance lose your principal? And I can say yes to that, and I don't even have to swear, says. Um, Rabinu Tom. I can just say yes, and like, there's no, there, no one's gonna push me on it which is just like so crazy. And it, according to Arbini Tom, right? Like you have to read the, the Dibor Mafia as part of the Tosfot, right? The whole, it all turns on this reasoning of it's easy enough to do a prosbol that we can just assume that everyone would do a prosbol. Um, so to me, like what's almost like, what's at stake here is like, did prosbol win? And did prosbol win like so dramatically that um, that actually uh, we can just assume that everyone wrote a prosbol because one second ago we were reading about Rabba who himself didn't write a prosbol <laughs> and now we're reading about Rav Nachman who's saying yes prosbol is everywhere nobody in their right mind wouldn't write a prosbol we can just assume people wrote prosbols we don't have to be worried about people lying that they wrote a prosbol everyone 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 writes a prosbol and so that's like it, right, it's too almost like like this is what Adira I think was getting at. Like it's two very different like situations almost here. Um, and very different assumptions about like how uncomfortable are we with prosbol? Because <laughs> um, at the end, like the, the final word of the Gemara here seems to be, um, we're super comfortable with prosbol. Everyone writes a prosbol, and that's really like the Rav Nachman prosbol ideology. Okay, we have five minutes left. We're gonna do this tour. Um. Okay, here we go. Um, so the Torah says, one thing to know, when you, whenever you're reading a tour, you want to like underline uh, the names of the speakers. That's like the best way to make sure you understand what's happening. So because it's just like a series of quotes, right? So So the Bala Itzer says, um, the Balitzer says, well, no, hold on. Like, Rav Nachman cannot win against a Mishnah in Ketubot. So, obviously, we pass in like the Mishnah. And that is also the position of the Rif, the Chainzat Rav Alfas. But but the tour is the son of the Rush. Um, and we'll get to the next part, and I'll say a little bit more important other few facts about the Rush. 
Pasak Karam Nachman, Shunaman, but the Rush Paskin, like Rav Nachman, that he is believed, Velo Ud Elashepulchimo, Shabbat Drozbo Hayalcha, the Avan, and more than that, we like opened his mouth for him. Did you have a Prozbo and did it get lost? Vima Markin Neaman, and if he says yes, he is believed. Right, uh, right, okay, I'm gonna skip this part, but like if the Malva, if the lender says actually we had an agreement that Shvi wouldn't work, or really it's like one of those examples of things that we saw last week where Shvi doesn't apply to that kind of, it's like not alone enough. It's not, it's not a loany enough loan for Shvi to apply to it. Like we had agreed that it was that kind of thing. Then um, and then I can still collect it. Um, and we believe all of that because Namandamigo, because we make a Migo type ar- argument, which is as follows the e Omer Because if I had wanted, I could have just straightforwardly said I had a Prisbal and I lost it. And that then enables me to make any other type of more complicated claim than I had a Prisbal and I lost it. So not only am I allowed to say I had a Prisbal and I lost it, and not only is the judge allowed to say, hey, Leah, don't you think you had a Prisbal and you lost it? But the fact that I can make that argument then opens up loads of other claims that I'm allowed to make that will similarly all be believed, which is like really a very um, extreme read. Okay, so the Ramah says this is not Rav Moshe Israelis. This is the Rishon in the Ramah. Katav she'in eman avat So the Ramah says, disagrees with the Tosu and says, believed, but requires a swear. And here's the point. In a swear isn't believed, except ba'atra <laughs> like my swearing that I had prosbol and I lost it is only believed in a place where it's actually common to write prosbols, um, which is here's where it kind of starts to fall apart. Of like we can have this idea about prosbol hayal even avad, but if nobody anymore is writing a prosbol, then like the, I can't make that swear anymore. Um, and he says, right, and in a place where it's really not common for people to write a principle, then um, then we don't believe you. And so, right, so if Rav Nachman had achieved his, like, a dream world of, like, principle for you, principle for you, everybody write a principle, great, principle everywhere, then we can make this claim. But if Rav Nachman did not achieve his dream world, then we cannot use Rav Nachman's argument, says the Ramah, which is very convincing. Um, and that, skip a line now, and um, we're going to go, this is from the um, Chulo HaRush, this is from the Rush's, so right, so the Rush says one thing in his kind of halachic, like, here's the laws, like, codifying language, but, but then you have a different thing playing out when you're, like, actually talking to, like, real people in a real place. So here's a Chulo from the Rush. Um, do we believe someone who says I had a prisbal and I lost it? And it's the case that our rabbis taught that he believed even without a swear. But says the rush, I have never in my life relied on this. Because today there are not a lot of people, it is not common for people to write a prisbol. 
And most people don't know that there is a prohibition of um, of Shemitah Um and they don't, um, and they don't hold it to be a prohibition to not remit loans. Um, and and therefore, if people don't know that it's prohibited not to remit a loan, then why would they actually go about and write a principle? Because they don't even know like what the principle is supposed to do. Because they don't actually observe any of this. And some guy came before me, and he claimed and he claimed that I had a principle. And it's lost. Haiti Sholo, I would ask him, Mahu Prosbol, explain to me what a Prosbol is. And why did you write a Prosbol? And who wrote your Prosbol for you? Until he got caught up in his lies. And in my court in Ashkenaz, not a single person ever won with a claim that I had a principal and I got lost. So there's this dream of Rav Nachman, of course, everyone writes a principal. Principal's amazing. Who wouldn't write a principal? And the rush who Paskins like Rav Nachman in theory, in his own beaten, never actually lived it out and never actually believed anyone who said, I had a principal and it's lost. I just think that line of questioning is so amazing. What is a principle? <laughs> Why did you write one? <laughs> um, um, and I, I think that's, you know, it's such a great case study in um, theoretical halakha versus like lived communities and how halakha gets played out. Um, I think it's so relatable, this whole story of um, nobody knows that Shemitah Safiyam applies anymore. Nobody knows anything about principle. That's part of why I was so excited for the opportunity to study it with all of you. Um, and I really want to thank you so much for going on this journey with me. We're up to the next Mishnah. We did, we completed Shkayach all together. The, the, the heart of what the Bali has to say about Prisbol is, as you've seen, there's like a little bit in other places, does pop up, but this is that the main conversation the Bali about Prisbol. I think were you to open the Shulchan Aruch and look at what the Shulchan Aruch has to say about Prisbol, you would be familiar with almost every topic there, which is like pretty cool, I would say. Um, so you can like feel pretty good about yourself, but you really like learned a good thing or two about Prisbol, not to say that you should like start Paskening Prisbol Shilas without learning all the medieval commentators like in order in a much more um, <laughs> serious way than in, in six hours. Like I think it would take you more than six hours to do that appropriately. But um, but I do think like we've really gained some like serious familiarity with some of the big questions in Prisbol. Um, I hope it was fun. And I hope that these questions about Shemitah Ksafin of like, who should it apply to? How should it apply? Should it apply equally to the wealthy and the poor? Should we actually be using a principle? Is a principle just a loophole or is a principle something that everyone should be doing? We saw those debates really playing out not only in the Gemara, but then playing out like actually in like lived people's lives in the 1300s and Ashkenaz and the rush. Um, and, um, and, and definitely kind of like, we're still seeing that in our own communities today. Whenever I tell people outside of Israel that like, if you have outstanding loans that you want to collect, like you need to write a principle now, they always look at me like I have 10 eyes. Um, so you can help spread the word uh, if you have any friends who made loans. Um, and, um, um, 
And um, yeah, so anyways, I think, I just think, I think Principal is like really super fascinating and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to learn this all with you. Um, so I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving and a happy Hanukkah and a very meaningful rest of your Shemitah year. Um, and, um, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you thank so you much, Rabinitana. This was interesting and also fun. Did, did, was anyone trying to talk? Anyone has a question or something? I feel like I heard something. No? Okay, perfect. Okay, so thank you so much again. This was definitely really fun. And thank you to everyone who joined us today as well. And also, um, uh, not only on Zoom, but also on Facebook and on Dresha Live. Um, as I mentioned earlier at the start of class, we uh, will be live again on Wednesday at 8 p.m. with the new class um, on uh, Sabbath uh, of the land for you, Shemitah, Ethics, and uh, Jewish Philosophy with uh, Renana uh, Dine and Sarah Zager. And as always, you can find more information on our website, www.dresha.org slash classes. Uh, thank you so much again, Rabbi Sarna. This was uh, such a fun opportunity to learn with you. Uh, and uh, again, thank you to everyone. And I hope to see you soon at one of our upcoming classes here at Risha. Happy Thanksgiving. Later.